Hi, this is Tyler. Hi, it's Elizabeth. Welcome to Acting Out. All right, guys. So today we are going to be discussing the use of social media in ABA. But before we get started, we just wanted to check in with me and Tyler and with each other. We haven't had a lot of conversations this week. So Tyler, how are you doing? I'm doing great. My nerves are working up, but I'm going in confident, but not arrogant. Confident, but not arrogant is key. Um, I don't have anything to say because honestly, it's been a busy week and I've just been doing ABA. So let's get started. Um, one of the things that we wanted to make sure that we did today when we're discussing a topic that affects everyone inside and outside of ABA is that we operationally define social media for the purposes of this conversation. Um, today, when we're discussing social media, we'll primarily be referring to the kind of social media where there are forums for discussion, most specifically Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, and YouTube. I know YouTube might be a little bit of a weird one, but because whenever you have um, YouTube channels, it can be very back and forth in conversation, um, and also your comment sections can be very involved, we wanted to include that today. Um, one of the most interesting things, I think, is that we have kind of created a world where you, we use social media in our field, and I think that that's kind of based off of what I've heard kind of corresponded with the increase of social media in and of itself, because I don't think, you know, when the BACB certification originally came out that we were using social media. I don't even know that it was primarily used with anyone. And now it's a big part of everything. It's a big part of advertising. It's a big part of finding new um, clients, but it's also a big part of seeking guidance and information, finding supervision, different things like that. Tyler, what do you think? I agree with that. But however, like as practitioners or um, just even somebody like sitting for the exam, they should be very weary about who they trust in the forums because um, not everybody is vetted. Uh, so, for, exa for example, like on Facebook, you can get on the ABA study group. Um, they just allow anybody into those groups. Um, you do have those yeah, admission questions. Yeah, all you have questions. to say is you're a... Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they're not fully vetted, so they could be uh, putting out these materials or these articles or whatnot, and they're not evidence-based, or they don't have the claims to back it up. So I would just be very careful if you are using social media for um, any type of research or anything like that. Yeah, I think that goes into like some of the upsides and the downsides of using social media. So first, let's talk about some of the upsides, and then let's kind of get into the down and dirty of the bad parts of of social media and ABA. Um, well, I think it, it also correlates to one of our previous episodes because in one of the first episodes about the pandemic, like we referred to the community that we as ABA users, as BC, BCBAs, RBTs, ABA practitioners, however you'd like to identify yourself in this situation, um, we created a community in in online because basically we were all online everybody was um we created a community and we used that community to support ourselves and to get resources to get all of the different things that we needed during that time and in a lot of ways we still do um is there has there ever been a time tyler where you felt like you got something that you needed from social media that you didn't get previously no um like, is there a time where it ever helped you in your career? No. And I always, I always, 
And and I only say no okay. because okay. I don't trust everybody. I'm like I have trust Fair. issues. Okay, so. I mean, I could post a question in a forum and somebody could answer it and, you know, it could be like a great answer. But then I bring that same topic up to a supervisor and they're like, why are you asking me this? This is so stupid. This is not, this shouldn't even be a topic. Um, not saying my supervisors would do that, but. But it's, it's a possibility. Yeah. And I just don't, I don't like, I don't like being put in those situations, you know? Okay. Well, let's. Let's kind of talk about that because that actually kind of goes into the, you know, I know we had said we wanted to talk, talk about the positives, but it's clear in this side that I have had way more positive experiences than you have. And so it seems like a lot of your experiences online have been negative. That kind of, I think, is one of the not awesome caveats of being a social media user and also being a social media user um, in something related to your career, because I can completely understand, I can completely understand why you're saying you don't want to ask questions online and then, then bring them back to supervisors, not because your current supervisors or even previous supervisors, um, have ever been disparaging of you, but just simply because you can't trust it. Right. And I don't know. Cause and a part of being in the field, ABA, it's obviously evidence-based research. So I could easily go and do my research, but that's the whole point of a form, in my opinion, is like you just want to answer a question answered. So you ask a question and then they answer it. But if it's not what you want, that makes you, you still have to do the work. Does that make sense? It's just. It does. I think it kind of, you know, that kind of goes into, well, why are you using the social, why are you using social media? Like, what are you getting from those forums? Because I, I actually understand to an extent what you're saying, because when I was going through and getting my supervision, there was I knew that um, my supervisors were on those forums, and I didn't want to ask certain questions because I didn't want them to feel like I was questioning their judgment. And if I ask that question, if I ask a question in a supervision meeting, and then I go and ask the same question in the forum, whether they may or may not ever bring that up to me, if they saw it, then it might create a wall in our supervision process. Um, so that's why I think you have to be really careful, like you're saying, of which forum that you use. I personally really enjoy Reddit. I think Reddit has some really good, really positive ABA um, forums on there. And it also gives you a level of anonymity. How do I say that? Anonymity that word it gives you <laughs> it gives you a level of that that like you don't have on Facebook and you don't have on um, Instagram or even on Twitter because on Reddit you can be whoever you want like you can which again might be the downside but you can also ask whatever questions you want you can name yourself whatever you want it can be linked to your actual life or it can be linked to a burner email um, it can be whichever one you want so I think it just kind of depends on the forum that you use. Like for me, whenever I knew that I wanted to switch employers, I was not going to, um, I didn't want my employers to find out that I wanted to switch employment on the internet because it's very crass and that's very disrespectful. And so when I went to ask questions about, you know, what should I look for if I'm looking for a new ABA job or a new BCBA opportunity, what are some 
green flags, red flags, what are those things? I went to Reddit because on Reddit, like at the time, no one would know who I was and I could ask whatever I wanted. And I also knew my supervisors weren't, or my employers weren't on Reddit. So it's a very, you know, trying to be respectful in that way. I like that. I have never tried Reddit for ABA. Um, maybe I'll go and make a burner email and set up a Reddit account. Um, so if I were to use social media for like practitioner purposes, it would probably be Facebook. Um, just for the fact that I am a part of my cohorts, um, Facebook page, like with school. So we do post there a lot. Um, and I do trust those people. Um, because a lot of them, mostly it's just the professors posting like, oh, there's a job opportunity out in California or, um, check out this. And then, um, they do offer a CEU events for our alumni. So, I mean, I don't need CEU That's events. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, there's actually one coming up pretty soon. I'm pretty, like, I'm excited about it. And actually, if things work out, I can actually use it for, you know, uh, Things are going to work out. You're going to get there. It might not be the first time. It might not be the second time, but you're going to get there. So you're going to get your CEUs. You're going to have to. So it's good that you know about those opportunities. Um, but that would be the only one that I would use. <laughs> now, I do have friends that have recommended, because I am a candidate for the exam and currently an RBT, they have recommended me to join like an RBT Facebook group. Um... I did join it, but I, I quickly removed myself from it just because it's a lot of drama. Um, and a lot of these people that are sitting for the exam too, and they treat like these newbie RBTs like super horrible. Um, so yeah, I, I quickly dropped myself after I made a comment about like, what did, what did I say? They were like harassing this one new RBT about something that he said. And I was like, is this how you want to be treated? as a supervisee or is this how you would treat your supervisor or supervisees when you become a supervisor? And then, yeah, I just dropped it off, off the face of the earth. It's, it's a waste of my time. Well, there are good, there are good forums and there are bad forums and there are things that you can say and things that you don't. I think some of the markers of a good forum would be having active and involved moderators and active and involved admins who have rules and enforce those rules. Um, and I, you know, that's not just for ABA, that's for anything. That's, again, one of the reasons why I like Reddit, because a lot of times they have very active moderators who, I don't know, it appears like they spend a lot of time on there, like marking things and checking things and doing all of that. Um, when it comes to things like Facebook and Instagram and, you know, Twitter is its own monster. It's a very overwhelming kind of scary monster. So I am in a Facebook group. Um, I am in the ABA study group and... There's a lot of people there and it makes you wonder as a behavior analyst to analyze other behavior analysts behavior on social media. So later we'll talk about the analysis of how we analyze behaviors on social media. Yeah, I think that's definitely that's important because we can talk about how it affects our field. But then, you know, it'd be interesting to see if we could do some kind of FBA on it or something like that. That'd be interesting. You can do the report on that because I'm not. <laughs> hey, listen, you can't be scared. Or you can be scared, but you can. You have to feel the fear and do it anyway. Oh, That's I'm not scared of it. I just don't want to do it. 
Oh, okay. You're like, I don't want to do this aversive thing. It's not aversive. Well, it might be because it appears that you will avoid it. So why are you avoiding it if it's not aversive? I'm lazy. Okay. okay. But is that not still a form of escape? No, I do love you wanna, like do you... I love ABA. I love this podcast. It's just it's not at the top of my list to do at this point. Okay. So you have a priority list. Yes. And you're just letting our listeners know that the podcast is at the bottom. That's cool. That's cool. No, 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 no. <laughs> the podcast is at the top. The report on how we analyze other behavior analysts behavior on social media, it's at the bottom. But There's what if difference. it's for the podcast? Okay, if the it's producer for, but comes it's for the podcast. If our producer comes to me or sends me an email, hey Tyler, I need you to do this report <laughs> of, you know, social media. I was like, okay, cool. You know, when do you need? I need a due date. That's all I need. I just need a due date. That's it. What so, if the due date was the same day as your exam? Which one would you pick? Um, I think I think we all. Know. I wouldn't be a good supervisor or producer if I asked him to do that. I agree a thousand percent. Which is why I brought it up. So I guess you're not doing that, Tyler. Of course I'm not. (laughs) No one would ask you to. And if someone asks you to do that, like at any point at any employer, you should probably, you know, just make some deep, some deep thoughts about their, their priority list. Okay. So now we're talking about work and social media. So I, I do have a question. You're a social media director. So how does that, how does that work? So you work for our, our, our company, right? And you're a social media director, but you're also a BCBA. So do you feel like it's a, how can I say this? Like a, is it an even amount of work or do you feel like social media is more than behavior analysis or like, how do you feel about that? So what I'm getting from your question is, it sounds like, again, we're talking about priorities. Like you're asking me what I prioritize as a social media director and as the behavior analyst, which I prioritize first. And the answer to that is my clients will always come first. I don't, social media is wonderful. Um, I've been doing stuff for social social media since I was in college. Like I was, I actually got into it because I felt like it was one thing I couldn't mess up. Like I get on social media all the time and, um, you know, I was the webmaster for my sorority. Then I, um, at my, when I was in graduate school, I helped out simply again, because it was something that I could contribute and I couldn't mess up. Um, and then it's just kind of, I helped out with the Tennessee Association of Behavior Analysis, um, social media as a social media co-chair, because again, I felt like this is what I do all day and I couldn't mess it up. Um, and it's just kind of grown from there. But my clients um, are always going to come first because I'm a behavior analyst. I have worked very hard for a very long time to be a behavior analyst and to be in the position that I'm in, and my clients are always going to come first. Um, so if the option is, okay, we can advertise this, this, and this, or I can make sure that my clients have services and make sure their stuff is done on time, I'm choosing my clients a thousand percent. Well, I just know on the 28th, you should definitely post my picture on all of our company's social media. Okay. Just saying. So. Okay. I will. Um, I will. But actually, that brings up a really good point because there's a lot of ethics that I have to consider as a behavior analyst because I'm not, like, my degree is not in 
Um, my degree is not in marketing. My degree is not in any kind of media. It's not in business. It's in exceptional student education and applied behavior analysis and psychology, if you want to think about my undergrad. But as such, like the ethics code as a behavior analyst when I'm working as a behavior analyst for a behavior analytic company um, is always first and foremost. So I have to consider a lot of things that I have a lot of great ideas, but I also have to try to be really creative um, because if I'm not, then I could break the ethical code, which would be so easy. I cannot tell you. I could get us lots of, I could grow us, you know, I could get us a lot of media or, you know, online attention by breaking the ethical code, but then I'm breaking the ethical code. So you have to be really, um, I keep going back to creative, not to say that I'm a creative person because I don't really consider myself that way, but you have to be creative and think outside the box in order to also apply by the ethics code. So that would be, you know, that's my next thought on that. This day and age, I know a lot of companies, they do have the Facebook pages or the Instagram pages. And like when a parent is looking for services, you know, if they can't find an actual legit website, which I think is a red flag, but, um, but if you can go to social media and find that social media page and all you see are like kids post or like the kids and there's not any research or anything to say, like, how they work or whatever. I, I do think that's a red flag, so... Well, and it's complicated when it comes to, you know, just bringing it back less on advertising, but more on, like, the use of social media as a tool. Um, it is complicated when there are, like, reviews and there are testimonials. Because you can say to families, like, hey, um, I you know, we don't do reviews, you can turn that feature off um, on different websites and you can turn that that feature off on like Facebook, but you can't stop a family if they really like what you're doing, if they're a current client, as far as I know, and Zach, please let me know if I'm um, wrong. I don't think you can stop people from leaving Google reviews. Like, I don't think you can do things like that. You can't, but, you know, I want to get into something a little bit on ethics here, but, you know... Okay. You can, you can't solicit testimonials, right? So you can't say, would you write something nice so we can put it on our website, which helps bolster our appearance online, okay? Um, You you might be able to turn off Google reviews. Um, uh, I'm not sure. I've never tried to do that. But I do think, um, you know, people leaving public comments and stuff – it's not unethical if somebody makes a public review of your organization. Correct. It's soliciting it that is unethical behavior. Another aspect I think that we have to consider is when we talk about testimonials, we sometimes assume, um, or at least so far in this conversation, it appears that we are thinking that people are only ever going to say good things. And sometimes people won't. Sometimes people say bad things. Sometimes people... Um, don't like you. They don't like you. They don't like the work that you did for their family. Um, they may not like the feedback that you were get that they gave you. Um, disgruntled employees might leave you bad reviews. Those are all parts of social media that I think is what I like to call the dark side. Is anyone can say anything behind a keyboard, and they can say some really great things, and they can also disparage you in a thousand different ways. And because, as far as I know. The majority of the time because of ethics and then also because of HIPAA, 
you can't publicly go back and they're like, well, this lady didn't do X, Y, and Z for me and my son. Well, you know, maybe she did it, but maybe the reason that they didn't work on toilet training was because your kid was running out of the house 17 times and beating himself up. So we had to prioritize like different things like that. There's just different, you can only social media reviews are beneficial and they are important when they're used in the right context. And this is not just for ABA, this is in general, but also those reviews can only tell one side of a story. So if you're getting bad testimonials from a former from a former employee or a former client, that can say that only tells one side of a story. And the company or the BCBA or whoever isn't able to share their side a lot of the, a lot of times because of that. So I think you also whenever you're using social media and you're using um, Indeed reviews and Google reviews and different things like that, you also have to consider the trend because if it's like, or Glassdoor, if it's 10 different, if it's, if it's 10 different reviews and all of the reviews are talking, are saying the same things over, over years and they're like, look, there's favoritism here. They talk poorly about people. They do X, Y, and Z. The BCBAs don't show up on time. If there's 10 of those and it's basically all bad reviews, that's a pattern. But if there's five good reviews and three bad reviews, you know, maybe that's not a pattern. Maybe that's just experiences. Maybe that's a disgruntled person. So you still have to use your, you know, use your own discretion to determine which one you want to listen to. But that I think is part of the bad side. And that also goes back to the forums like you were talking about earlier. Like, if I'm in America and there's someone in Australia and I'm asking a question, well, they might sound like a sarcastic jerk to me because I asked a question about Hanley's PFA and they're saying, well, how do you not know this? But you don't know their personality. So you don't know if they're asking you like, how do you not know? Like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that you don't, that you didn't know this or like that you weren't taught this. Or it could be like, you're an idiot. How do you not know this? And you can't tell the difference because it's a textual, like it's, it's, you're reading it. It's not the same, you don't have inflate, you don't have the same inflection and all of that stuff that comes into having a one-on-one -on -one conversation. The same level of social cues aren't there. Then you have the emojis and the reactions and those kind of tell you like, you know, I love you, I love it, or I care about it, or you're an idiot, this makes me sad. Like, one of those things or the other. I don't think I'm convincing you to use Facebook forums. I don't think I'm helping. <laughs> Probably not. Um, I mean, I'll try it. How about, I'll give it a baseline. I'll do some, I'll get on there and I'll take some baseline data and then we can come back and we can discuss maybe in a future episode on like how it went, but I don't, I don't think it's going to work. I don't. Well, I, it doesn't have to, like, it doesn't, like, you don't have to use it. But one thing I do want to say is I do think, you know, I try to find positives cause that's just what I try to do. Um, and I think one of the positive things about social media use in our field is that when we do have situations, you can typically find assistance. You can typically, you can sort through the junk and find the gems if you need to. I mean, whenever I was studying, I was a part of an ABA study group. I think it literally might be ABA study group. I'm not sure. Um, 
and I found all kinds of resources and all kinds of things and files and all kinds of stuff that was so helpful for me. So, you know, it has its pros and it has its cons, but ultimately it's up to you and how you choose to use it and how you choose to interact with it. All right, this is what we're going to do. I'm making a project for okay. myself. All right, so we're going to look for positive behavior on three social media sites because baseline you can be across settings places or uh, behaviors so positive behaviors okay. three places i need okay i have facebook okay i need two more reddit because i keep talking about reddit reddit okay and what's the last one instagram because i don't feel like twitter is necessarily appropriate for this media instagram okay so positive, be positive behavior on these three. Okay. And let's see. Let's see what we come up with. And then I Right can... now or in a future episode? Oh, definitely in a future episode. Like I was like about to say, listen, I don't have it in me on this Saturday to do all of that. I would have to have, you know, a few days of baseline data before I could even get Correct. a reading. How many, just for funsies, how many... Um, data points do you need before you try to implement an intervention three that's a trick question it doesn't matter necessarily the number of data points although customarily we might shoot for three what matters is that you have stability in the data before you implement an intervention tyler you're gonna do great you're gonna do really good no matter what no matter when you're gonna do awesome because the important thing is you know what to do with the clients and you know how to read the data, and you know how to interpret it, and you're very good. And I've watched you since basically the beginning, on and off, and you're good, and you're smart, and you're capable. And if you pass it on the first try, then you pass it on the first try, and if you pass it on another, then you'll pass it on another. But you're smart, strong, and you're smart, and you're capable, and you can do the damn job. I mean, honestly, I matters. just want to pass on the first try so I can get my bottle of Cristal, so. <laughs> I mean, that's a really good reinforcer. Originally, we were going to have a deep clinical discussion about the analysis of social media behaviors, but because that subject is particularly complex, we decided to split it into a second episode. So stay tuned for part two. So Tyler, what are you doing to take care of yourself during this stressful time? I bought Zelda on Switch, so I'm playing Switch. That's Switch. That's good. That's important. What about you? It feels extremely cliche, but I started getting my nails done. And it honestly, just doing something for myself and um, listening to headphones while I get it done, it's just nice for me. So it's not a lot, it's a little, but you gotta take care of you or you can't take care of other people. So I'm into it. Hey, you take me with you next time. Okay, cool, works for me. But I get them done in, I get them done in my hometown because I wanna support my hometown local businesses. So you might need to take a little bit of a trip. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, please like and subscribe on whatever media platform you're using to listen to us. And we will act out with you next time. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.